and Indigenous podcast is an outlet for people to know about Indigenous knowledge, storytelling, and history. Through our youthful journeys as Indigenous people, young people and elders share their experiences with us. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. About to tell some red stories. Stay tuned. (laughs) Yay, podcast! got to sit down with a couple of our friends from the Lower Elwha Kalalum tribe to talk about their experiences, hear their stories, and what canoe journey means to them. Hi, my name is Mark Charles. Um, my ancestral name is Howiat, and uh, I'm from Lower Elwha. I'm Vanessa Castle, and I'm a member of the Lower Elwha Kalalum tribe. Um, what does being on Canoe Journeys mean to you? Canoe Journeys is a great way of life. You know, you get to see all these people come together and, you know, even though that, even though that uh, we come from all over the place, we all can come together as one. So, yeah, it's always, it's always a lot of fun to be able to see old friends from Canada and family from Canada and all over Washington, so. Canoe Journeys originally started for me as like a reintroduction to my culture and traveling my ancestral waters the way that my ancestors did and then carrying on that tradition after years of us not being able to do it legally. And so it was like my elders had gone to the Paddle to Seattle to kind of protest, like we are here, we are back, and this is who we are. And now it's been continued to like revive our culture, and that's pretty much everything of who we are as as Native Americans and as we are as Native peoples. I know this isn't your first canoe journey. Um, what was your first experience like? My first experience was it was it was awesome. Um, I come on a support boat. I was a deckhand on a support boat for Lower Elwha for I don't know maybe eight or nine years before I jumped in a canoe. Had a cousin of mine give me a skipper's paddle and said, "You're going to need this someday." And uh, and one day I ended up skippering, so, yeah. Um, was it hard to learn how to skipper? Not, not, not really, because I had great teachers, you know, my family. I think we have about seven skippers in our, in our family, so, you know, every time I needed to ask somebody a question, you know, I just asked my family and not, you know, not really worry about it. Plus, I grew up on the water, you know, I started fishing 
commercially on a big boat when I was like 12 years old, so I had all that water experience, you know. Did you ever tip? We did. The very first <laughs> time I ever skippered, we didn't tip, but um, we were we were leaving Port Townsend, and and it was getting too rough, and we started getting taking water on all directions. So I called the support boat over because I was worried about the people on the canoe, and so once once the support boat got to us i kind of just sat there and i was watching as we were we were pulling up to the support boat who i was going to take off the canoe first what happened to be this older lady up in front of me i asked her i said man i said i'm gonna get you off the canoe first i said there's an empty seat right here in front of me you can step on the seat and then go up on the support boat because we had a pretty big support boat and and I said don't you don't have to panic right because you're going to be the first one off well she stepped on the stepped on the seat and then she stepped on the gunnel and a wave hit us and swamped us yeah so we had a buddy of mine pulling people off the bow so my, my first canoe journey was actually in 1996. I was 11 years old and it was the full circle paddle for children. And we paddled around the sound. And I just remember it being um, very strict back then. <laughs> I got locked in the tent at 8 o'clock. <laughs> no, I'm all reset. <laughs> no, um, I never knew that there were people out there like us and I hadn't left my reservation very often especially for cultural events so that was really my first introduction that I'm not alone as far as who we are as people that we have other people that are out there like us that are fighting for the same things like us and so that was really eye-opening for me as a young individual at that time. your favorite canoe journey memory my my favorite canoe journey meeting memory was uh, is probably 2010 when I skippered to Macaw to my mom's home village you know um, that was in 2010 2001 I lost my mom so so I brought two dozen roses out for the for the both dark canoes and we set a mountain of water and we and we uh, pulled out of them and just to turn to see four rows of roses, you know, that was the best part for me. What's your favorite canoe journey memory? Oh goodness, favorite or? <laughs> First one that comes to mind is not good. <laughs> um, now I think a lot of it is like the journey getting to the destination, like all the stops along the way, all the food. Oh my goodness, the traditional foods. Foods Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then, um, I mean, there's a lot of different journeys that we 
have had a very difficult time getting there or had struggles getting there, but overcoming those struggles. For instance, one year we got stuck in a whirlpool up near Nanaimo. Oh my <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so scary. And it was super in scary. <laughs> <laughs> that inlet right before <laughs> Nanaimo. Um, yeah, it was not good, but we we got through it and we carried on and we talked about it afterwards and it made us closer for everybody that experienced it. I think Paddle to Campbell River, I have, we had a gray wheel come up to Statithlum's canoe and our canoe and it like rubbed up on the support boat and like hang out between our two canoes and that was really awesome. What's like a lesson that you want other people on canoe journeys to learn? What's the lessons? Some of the things like, like for me, I, I met these young guys in Quinault, from Quinault, right? No. Yeah, right? So, so check this out. These three young men, they come up to me and I was talking to them in Elwha the very first day. And I was, you know, I asked them, I said, you guys gonna come drum and sing? And they said, yeah. We would, but we don't have drums. I said, shoot, I'll go get drums, right? So I went home and grabbed some drums, and two of them borrowed them, and, and then uh, one says, I'll wait, right? So I loaned them my drums that night, and they brought them back at the end of the night. And I says, if you're here tomorrow and you guys are gonna drum and sing, I'll bring them again. So I brought them again, and uh, let them use the drums because for me it's like let's teach these young people what it's like to pick up a drum and and uh and figure out this way of life is a great way of life um it doesn't have to be from our own tribe you know it, it can be anybody as long as we're reaching out to the young people that's how i am have to reach out to them and try to encourage them you know especially these young guys they were they didn't they wasn't sure if they were going to or not so so it's something that for me when we went to Jamestown I didn't bring the drums and they come and look for me right and I didn't have them I said well tomorrow I'll bring them and I said I want to talk to you guys and I said I'm gonna loan you these drums for the rest of the journey because it means it's important to me that you guys learn this way of life this culture and said it's a it's very important and you guys are the next generation to teach the young people so i says uh, i'll bring them to port gamble i brought them to port gamble and i didn't see them but today when they got off the canoes i said i got the drums for you guys I said, just remember, this is, I don't loan my drums to anybody. I said, one, I want you guys to understand that there's no alcohol and there's no drugs and no smoking around my drums. So that's all I ask. 
And so, yeah, that's, that's something that I like to teach the young people, young guys, you know, try to encourage them. Have you always been involved in your culture? Yeah, it's something that my mom's always wanted me to do. I mean, my, my siblings, I'm the only one out of my family that does this. You know, and I'm as the youngest boy of seven kids, and my sister's the youngest. But yeah, I've always, I've always did this, stick games, all of that. So I, yeah. Have you always been involved in your culture? No, in one way or another, I have. Um, my mom was unfortunately raised in a non-native foster placement. She was removed um, in the 1950s. Um, as all, a lot of the children were from the reservation. And so she grew up in non-tribal, non-native foster care. So when my mom had children, she wanted to move us home to have that sense of identity that she never had. And she wanted to regain her information because she had a spiritual connection and a D DNA connection to the tribe, but she never got to experience it. So she moved us home, hoping to raise her children within that culture. And so I grew up knowing it and going to culture class from a young age and, and then traveling on canoe journeys from the time I could on. I did move away for quite some time um, to just kind of explore the world and find out who I was and it really made me appreciate you know, what we had back here. Um, I did always come home every summer um, and I usually participated in canoe journeys when I came home, but I feel like I needed that as a young person to get out and see what the world was like, but I knew that I was going to come home and I did. What are the impacts do you see on the or what are the impacts do you see on the youth for going on canoe journey for their healing and then um, how they are at the end when it's over? You know I, th I think it I think they're the energy they have, the closer they get, the more energy they have, the more excitement they have. You know, like I was talking about the three young men, you know, I see them and they just, they just say, hey, Hammer, what's up? You know, come up and say hi. And, and uh, you know, so the energy is good. You know, they're, they're like, since Journey started, you're the best thing that happened. It's us meeting you. And I was just like choked up kind of, you know. But yeah, I mean, the energy they have is, it just starts, getting excited you know because they're starting to learn more about what travel journeys is really about you know culture is a huge part of it so and and it was it was good to hear them talk about that today you know so yeah got you into canoe journeys? I think just I grew up singing and dancing um, as a small child and learning my language as a, as a young child from my great aunts 
And so when Canoe Journey started, I waited. I was looking up to the people who went, and I never had a chaperone to bring me before I was 11. So 11, when I turned 11, that was the first year that I could go on my own. Um, and I was looking forward to that for many years. Um, obviously, they had gone a couple times before that. But I think just from a young age, I knew that that's what I wanted to do, that I wanted to travel the way my ancestors did. I had already been trying to revitalize as much as I could. I wanted to be that person, to learn the language and to live up to making my ancestors proud. What are the changes have you seen since the first canoe journey and then compared to now? Well, the first canoe journey, you know, it's like, like uh, one of my cousins built a canoe as a teenager, a dugout canoe, and, and now he's, you know, he's built many canoes, um, but to see this many canoes, man, it's, it's awesome. You know, I don't know how many they had in 89, but but I know, look at look at around us, man. There's canoes parked in two different yards of this place, and it's awesome. You know, I think the last time we come through here, there was 102 or 103 canoes here. Yeah. So the amount of canoes that are coming every year, so. What do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned throughout your years on journeys? I think the biggest thing is like you learn a lot about who you are on a canoe like as far as like how strong you really are when you paddle and like back in my day <laughs> I'm so old back in my day <laughs> we didn't used to have support boats and we didn't used to get off the canoe ever we weren't allowed off the canoe like it was dangerous for a support boat to come up to us um, so I think like pushing yourself to the limit and learning who you are as a person and getting yourself into that prayer of paddling like to where it's beyond it hurts is something that really teaches you who you are as a person and especially as a young person like you realize what you're capable of and if you can make it to the destination you are so fulfilled with who you are and that you helped that vessel travel the way your ancestors did and reach the lands to you know potlatch like this. It's an amazing feeling and I, I hope that all young people get to experience that. have anything else that you want to say I'm excited about 2025 man come to Lower Elwha yeah yeah I'm excited about that <laughs> you know I yeah it's just something that you know I've been trying to since we started uh, since we announced we were gonna host in 2025 
You know, I've been thinking about a lot of things, like a lot of things at a final landing, a final destination that you haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll pull a couple rabbits out of the hat, you know, <laughs> show you guys some good stuff, man. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So I'm ex excited. I'm yeah. excited, yeah. Because we, you know, it's to see the progress we have from 2020, you know, in 2025 from from 2005, you know, that's going to be it's going to be huge, you know, cuz we were just we were all mixed up it seemed like in 2005 because we're all just trying to come together and we're all trying to, now we all know our roles, where we play, where we fit in with the tribe, you know? So, you know, a lot, it's gonna fall together pretty, pretty easy this next time in 2025. So that's what I'm excited about. You know, I can't, I can't wait. You excited for Paddle to Elwha? Oh my goodness, yeah. Excited, but also nervous because we have a lot of preparing to do. Like we need to start preparing now. Um, but excited to bring everybody to our homelands, and yeah, I mean, we landed on our beach this year for the first time in a long time, and that's really exciting. That was really healing for us because that beach didn't used to be there. Um, it, came, it revived itself after we removed the dams. So all of that sand and sediment that was on our beaches this year that everybody got to see and step on was from behind our dams and that was like really powerful for me like not everybody knew that but I knew that and all of our people knew that and so that's like really heartwarming and like seeing those canoes parked on that sand was awesome. Music by the Lower Elwha Clallam Canoe Family.